It's easy to hear reports from troubled places in the world and assume that things are getting worse. But as Paul Childers helps to share the gospel in many nations, he sees that the light is overcoming the darkness. We're seeing responses to the gospel like we've never seen before uh, on, a, on a big event scale uh, and also one-to-one. People are flocking to the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we are in our studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma today with two Pauls. So we're going to have Paul and Paul. Paul Childers is the campus director of YWAM's University of the Nations in Kona, Hawaii. He has been with us before here on Voices of Martyrs Radio. The other Paul, we're not going to use a last name. He is the director of YWAM's work in Nigeria. We're going to hear about that work. Paul and Paul, welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much, Todd. Paul, you get a front row seat to what God is doing around the world. You you obviously spend time in Hawaii, but you also get on airplanes and you go and you get to see uh, what are some of the things you see and and maybe things that we don't see on the news or we don't hear about, but places where God's doing just amazing things. Yeah, thanks, Todd. It's incredible what we see God doing around the world. And just in the context of our mission, but also we work with partnerships really across the body of Christ, it's phenomenal to see the catalytic expansion of of Christ's kingdom in the world today. And we can see that in a number of different categories. Uh, One is a program which we call the SEND, and that is a mobilization event. Now, you don't often think that many people come to be mobilized to missions. It's not the thing that people go, oh yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to pay 20 bucks and, uh, and to be mobilized, <laughs> right? But in February of this year, we had uh, 58,000 people come wow. to the Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida, and they were there 12 hours to be mobilized into missions and into all different fields. And so then after that, we thought, well, Lord, where, where do we go from here? And Andy Bird, who heads this program up from YWAM Kona, they thought Brazil would be a good place. So they rented the second largest stadium in Latin America at about 80,000 seats. And they decided to sell the tickets this time to help defray some of the costs, like 20 bucks or something each. Within six and a half hours, the stadium was sold out. Wow. And within 24 hours, they had 100,000 people on the waiting list. So they opened a second one, and the same thing happened. And so in terms of the numbers, just the sheer interest within the body of Christ to be mobilized to reach their communities, schools, universities, and the world is just staggering. People have sort of gone through different stages here in the States, but now it's like we're rediscovering Jesus, right? We're rediscovering, (laughs) wow, he is truly amazing. And it's phenomenal to be able to work with him. So I think that's one thing. Another thing is partnerships. 
Uh, and this is not driven to one particular organization. It's actually a collaboration of six dynamic evangelistic organizations that are coming together to say, how can we serve everyone? Paul, how do you see this being lived out in Africa? Is that same call being taken up by the African church as well? I, I can see we're still, uh, we're still working to add that. But I can see that the church is coming together. That's a wonderful thing. To and one of the things I know you're seeing, even in Nigeria especially maybe, is people who were enemies of the gospel, even persecutors, even murderers of Christians, who are being reached by the gospel. Can you tell us some of those stories about lives just dramatically transformed by the message of Jesus? Uh, I can see, um, like one of them that uh, we see in the northern part of Nigeria, that we see many of them coming to the Lord Jesus. They used to persecute Christians before. They used to kill Christians, destroy churches. And it's amazing to see them coming to give their life to Jesus and wanting to be missionaries. I can say he's the modern Apostle Paul. How are they hearing the message? Is is somebody going to them and sharing? Is God just supernaturally intervening? How are they being reached? Many times God supernaturally revealed in dreams and vision to them. Wow. And some of them, it's when people go to reach to them with the gospel and they're giving their life to Jesus. Like we are working in the north, seeing as we sharing about Jesus, and they're giving their life to Jesus. We also work in the South-South, where the militancy used to be very strong, especially in port Court and the South-South region, and where we see many of them as they lay down their gangs, giving their life to Jesus, and uh, today completely changed and transformed, went through discipleship training schools, and then we thank God uh, for what God is doing. Like now, two-thirds of my staff in Port Harcourt used to be ex-militant. Two-thirds of your staff yes. used to be militants yeah. against the church and against the gospel. Yeah. That, that's an amazing statistic. Yeah. Who are the people who are going to them? Because it takes—you know, you think about Boko Haram, you think about the radical Fulani. It takes a very brave person to say, I'm going to go and share the gospel with them. Who are the people who are doing that, who are who are carrying on this work? Allow me to share a little bit how I went to Nigeria, because this will help the, the people to understand how it went. I was in Togo. I remember when God spoke to me uh, with my wife, I want you guys to go to Nigeria and to see the Wawam work started in Nigeria. And I was praying, and I decided to go take a trip to just go around and seek the face of God and pray and ask God where specifically he want us to start. I went to Lagos, I pray, and I spent time there. Lagos was good. but Lagos is a big city. It'd be a very got, big city, yeah. and, and, and God didn't lead us to start it in Lagos. And I said, maybe Joss, because you can see many missionary organizations is based in Joss. I said, maybe why not Joss? And I went there, and it was good to see different mission organizations there, but God wasn't leading us to Joss. I said, maybe Kaduna, because my heart also was to see the Muslim world reach for Jesus. And in Kaduna, I went there, and when we was there praying, about um, a few hours later, the riot started in, in Kaduna, where churches being burned and Christians being killed. And God, 
it's not because of that that God moved us out of that place, but God was preparing us to go to a place where he wanted us to establish. And I went to Abuja. Arabian Abuja is very nice. Abuja is the capital city of Nigeria. Yeah, yeah very, very nice. nice. Very beautiful, big roads. And <laughs> I, I'm reminded of the story of Samuel when he went to anoint David and he went to the older brothers. He's like, surely this is the one. Oh, oh, it's not him. Okay, surely this <laughs> that's is the exactly, one. Exactly. That's nope, right. That's not him. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then God said, no, I don't want you guys to be in Abuja. And then <laughs> I moved to Port Harcourt. I was really shocked when I arrived in Port Harcourt. The infrastructure is broken, not good road. At that time, the area where it was was two, two hours of electricity per month. Two hours of electricity each month? Yes. Oh and you my. don't know when the electricity will oh. come and when the electricity will go. And at the same time, and I started realizing that the militancy and the, the killing that was going on in, in the South-South, many things were destroyed. And I tried to understand the history. And I realized the discovery of oil in the South-South, instead of, instead of being a blessing, become like a curse. Mm -hmm. Why? Because of the heart of man. And... Um, the, the oil was, was discovered, and instead of bringing blessing, suddenly it created a situation that was destructive because the enemy came to kill and destroy. First, the, because of the heart of men and the corruption that get involved, the oil was being exploited, but at the same time, people wasn't benefiting from the oil. And um, the, it was so sad that People that used to be fishermen, the fish dies in the, in the rivers, and used to be farmers. Some area, it was very difficult to farm because of the pollution, all spill, and etc. And some of the young men take guns to fight. Mm -hmm. and, but you have to know you cannot fight injustice with injustice. It has to be in the ways of God. And suddenly it creates like a kind of um, war, civil war, I will say, because people was fighting against each other. I remember walking with eight villages, and all the people was, people were, many dead people under the mango trees, under the banana trees, like a death area, like a war zone. And I start crying out to God. We start praying. I discovered that place, and, I, and God say, I want you here. I say, God. <laughs> Why not Lagos? <laughs> Why not Why Lagos? Not Why no? not Abuja? I remember some pastors in Abuja was telling me even if they give them one million to go to Port Harcourt, they will not go because <laughs> I don't know there was so much kidnapping and killing going on at that time. And I was going back to Lagos to go back to see my wife and tell my wife that God confirmed we have to be in Port Harcourt. And as you know, it was in our way, a 500 when close to Benin City. Is that is still far from Lagos. Uh, we saw a bus that have a flat tire. And our bus pulled out to help the bus because it was his friend bus that have a flat tire to give him his spare flat tire. And I was with my friend John Azuka. And as we was in the back of the bus. Suddenly I heard the Holy Spirit saying, Paul, I, come, I want you to come out of this bus now. I get off the bus now. Right now. Yes. Get out of the bus right now. Exactly. And I turned to my friend. I said to him, 
the Holy Spirit is asking me to come out of this bus right now. And John said to me, if you are coming out of the bus, I'm following you. I'm coming out also. And suddenly when we stand up to come out, you know, we was in the back of the bus. People start shouting at us, insulting us and say, no, why you, do you want to come down? We come out of this bus. He just want to give his, the driver just want to give his spare tire to his, his friend. And we're going to continue the journey. If you come out, everybody is going to stand up coming out and we're going to waste our time. We still have long kilometers to go to go to Arab to Lagos. And I uh, say to John, the Holy Spirit asked us to come out. We're coming out. We come out of the bus and we were standing beside the road watching. Suddenly, I saw this car that slowed down, slowing down. And this attracted my attention. As he was slowing down, he was coming very slowly. And then he put, dim his light and suddenly turned it off and paused for a moment. And I was still looking at it. And they opened the door. And suddenly, people come out with automatic weapon. I say to John, do you see what is coming? He say, yes. We couldn't tell the people in the bus because they was ready to shoot. We jumped in the bush, but the bush was so thick. Think a little bit, if I didn't obey the voice of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. we'd be very sad. I jumped into the bush, but the bush was so thick, I couldn't run. And now we, I decided to crawl under the trees. I was crawling under the tree, and my friend John also crawling under the tree. We lost each other in the, in the forest. And it suddenly, the enemy started speaking. Do you really want to come here? You know that you can lose your life. You can die here. Your wife can die here. Your children can die here. And I was continuing to pray. I was crawling. And I was continuing to pray and rebuking the voice of the enemy. Suddenly I heard this gentle voice of the Holy Spirit saying to me, I call you to this place. I will be with you. I will protect you. As shooting was going on. So uh, there's gunfire happening. Gunfiring happening They're in the bus. They're shooting into the bus. Yes. And, and people, you're crawling through the forest. Yes. And God is speaking to you. Amen. And as they were shooting and people were busy dying, being wounded, screaming, panicking, nobody couldn't come out of the bus. And they, they realized there was some movement in the forest. And then they decided to shoot randomly in the forest. As they were shooting, praise God, we wasn't running. We were crawling. <laughs> Are you seeing the wisdom of God? And, 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 and the bullet was going over our head. But none of us was touched by the bullet. We were just scrolling. As we were scrolling, crawling, and I rebuking the voice of the enemy. And I, I, suddenly I realized the principality, what is happening in that region. Uh, that is really, you know, the enemy will not just allow you to fold his hand, allow you to take his territory. You will have to fight for it. <laughs> yes. And I was, I was just crawling and, and, and rebuking the voice of the enemy. And... And God starts speaking to me, I will protect you, I will be with you. And suddenly I start rebuking the enemy. I say, I'm not intimidated by what you are doing. I will come back to this place. And it's there. As I was crawling, I found a cassava, cassava field and I can run. I started running, 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 running. It was in the middle of darkness, in the forest, no light. 
I was running. It's dead. I take the decision. And I say, I will come and the work of God will be established in the name of Jesus. And I was, I take the decision in that uh, cassava field. I saw light very far. I started running to the light. It was a village. And I arrived in that village. I was very dirty, mud everywhere. My clothes was turned down and I was wounded because running in the forest and was bleeding. And I realized I was still having my wallet in my pocket and my passport in my pocket. <laughs> it's always important to have these the two. important things. <laughs> yes. And I took my money and I bought some water to take shower and bought some secondhand clothes and then asked, where is the main road? And they took me with a motorcycle to go to the main road. I was standing there waiting for a bus. And suddenly in the middle of the darkness, I heard my friend John's voice. I say, is it you, John? And he say, is it you? I say, yes. Oh, it was amazing to see. <laughs> we just run like children and I hug him and we were just crying and, and thanking God for protecting our lives. It was amazing. And then uh, with it's like that, we went back to Lagos. And when I was going back to see my wife, my wife saw me coming with other clothes that he never saw before. He said, hey, Paul, what happened? You, you, you having other clothes and where is your bag? I say, honey, I will explain to you. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said to your wife, God is calling us to go to this area. It's not nice. The roads are terrible. The supermarkets are terrible. And they tried to kill me when I was there before. What did your wife say? You know, before, it, the amazing thing is God prepared my wife. Because in the beginning, when I challenged her about God laying our heart to go to Nigeria, the first response before the event happened was, no way. <laughs> Did you see in the news what is happening? And, you know, sometimes the news can really portray things. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and then she went to pray. And God said, I want you there. And it was when I came back, Instead of being a discouragement for her, she was already prepared to go where God wanted her to be. She said, Paul, God already speak to me, and I'm going. I'm ready to go. Yes. Praise the Lord. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Paul Childers and another Paul, the leader of YWAM's work in Nigeria. Paul Childers is the campus director for University of the Nations in Kona, Hawaii, Paul, if you get to work with a lot of other people like this, Paul, you must have a pretty amazing job. It, it truly is phenomenal. And um, just seeing people like Paul having that faith in God, trust, trust, and courage that emanates from that just enables uh, them to be single-focused, not thinking and worrying about this could happen or that could happen. But they are there to do a simple thing, preach the gospel. I was up in North Nigeria uh, several years ago, and I met someone. I was meeting a lot of people, and and this person shook my hand. He said, uh, my name was Pastor Muhammad. I preach the gospel in the mosques. I tell people. In the mosques? Yes. Wow. I tell people about Jesus. He is the son of God. And I said, aren't you scared? He said, no. My life is in God's hands, and no one can touch me until he calls me home. And until then, I'm going to preach the gospel. Wow. And so having that kind of courage, the focus uh, that Paul has, 
that same focus. It is really, truly phenomenal to see, getting back to my previous comments about this move of God's kingdom. And he's raising up a generation of people who trust, have faith, and will see his kingdom established. What are some of the things that you're excited about as you think about YWAM's ministry in the next year or two years uh, that maybe are different or maybe expanded from what it was five years ago, ten years ago? There's so many different aspects to the mission of YWAM, and it's global in 192 countries with 2,000 operating locations, so it's quite broad. What I can see from my vantage point and perspective is just a massive increase of evangelistic fervor, passion, and receptivity to the gospel. We're seeing responses to the gospel like we've never seen before uh, on, a, on a big event scale uh, and also one-to-one. People are flocking to the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ like crazy. So that's one thing. Another one is in the context of Mercy Ministries, helping people in their daily needs. So this is mainly typified through our YWAM ships ministry. So nine years ago, we had two ships in our fleet. Today, we have 28. Another one is in the Bible area, Bible translation, getting the Word of God into every language in the world. Now, YWAM is not traditionally known to be the Bible translators. Uh, And yet we have partnered up with Wycliffe and the Seed Company and SIL and all of the major heavyweights in this. And we're finding our part to play. And Wycliffe and Seed Company, SIL, incredibly dedicated professionals to translate the Bible. But they might not be the ones to go distribute it. Mm -hmm. And so they can contact us and say, would you like to go introduce the Bible into a place that has never received the, had the Bible in their language? (laughs) And we're like, yes, we would. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Well, it's a long way away. You've got to, it's hard to get there. You've got to fly and ship and then walk. And it's like, yes, that's what we do. This is what we do. (laughs) So, so you see this, but also if we think even about translation, the translation heavyweights are uh, talking about oral Bible translation. And so the way that this can work uh, in our work in Nigeria, there are 227 languages in that country that have not one verse of Scripture in them. Wow. But through our Bible training and then learning how to do oral Bible translations, making sure it's checked by a consultant in a checker so it's a good translation, we can put it on audio and then send it back to the people. Um, that we have never heard the Bible in their languages. And and so, see, we can work. We have like the foot soldiers. The other guys have the professional quality control mm-hmm. mechanisms. And together, we can get the job done do the job. probably in a couple of years. Audio clips, audio Bibles are such a powerful tool in many of these cultures. Exactly. Where... You may not have a printing press, but an exactly. awful lot of people have a phone. That's and right. You also might not have a written language yet. Yes. See, in, in many places where the Bible has not been translated, there is no written script. Because often it's the Bible translation, the translators that create the script for the language. Amen. So, so we can move faster. That's Paul Childers. He's the leader of YWAM's University of the Nations in Kona, Hawaii. We also heard from another Paul, the director of YWAM's work in Nigeria. For security reasons, we're only using his first name. 
Paul Childers has joined us before here on Voices of Martyrs Radio. We've also had the founder of YWAM, Lauren Cunningham, on the program. You can hear those conversations as well as every past episode of Voice of the Martyrs Radio when you visit our website, vomradio.net. That's also where you can send me a message. Let me know how God is using VOM Radio in your life. I know he's given our listeners a greater heart for the world as we explore week by week what he's doing around the world. I'd love to hear your story and how the Lord is stirring in your heart through the testimonies that we share here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. You can send me a message when you visit the website, vomradio.net. Just scroll down to the bottom of the page. There's a little message box there where you can type in your message. My conversation with Paul and Paul isn't done yet. We're going to be back next week continuing to talk about how God is calling people to himself in Nigeria and also all around the world. You'll be encouraged by that conversation. So join us again next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.